it was kind of difficult for me to put pen to paper, you know, to get my thoughts onto paper so I can try to convey them to you this morning. So I'll do my best to try to, to share my heart with you this morning. Do you remember when Jesus was crucified and then he rose from the dead and he was back to life and he had all of his disciples, he had all of his followers surrounded him, surrounding him after he had risen, he was back in physical form, he was back in... What did he give us right as he was ascending? Remember? The Great Commission. He gave us the Great Commission. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Remember he gave us the Great Commission. Now, I know that the world is gone crazy. I know that we have a, a government that cannot manage the United States any longer, cannot manage the problems that we have any longer. I know that Christianity is being attacked all over the world, even more and more increasingly in the United States. I know that sin is running rampant. Every time you turn on the news, there's bad news. Every time you turn on the news, there's horrific murders and this and that going on. I know that it is bad. However, we still have the Great Commission here before us. We have Jesus commanding us to go, therefore, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We still have this despite how bad it is. He doesn't retract this. He doesn't say, well, when it gets bad, you don't have to do this anymore. It is a commandment given to his followers, and we are his followers. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone that you come in contact with. Why did he give us this? Very simple. Because God still loves lost people. He loves those people that are lost. That's why we have the Great Commission. Doesn't matter how bad it is out in the world. Doesn't matter how, matter how horrific crimes are. Or all the statistics, we still have it before us. We still have this command dropped here in our lap to go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. The Lord still loves the lost. He loves them. He loves them. And I pray in Jesus' name that God places a burden inside of every single individual in this building this morning for lost people. We each, each, every, despite your age, each and every one of us has a little circle of influence, they call it. Uh, you come into contact with people that I do not come into contact with on a daily basis. You work with people that I don't work with. I work with people. I know people that you don't know. You know people that I don't know. You know people that I'll never see, that I'll never come into contact with. I'll never impact. Each and every one of us has these people in our lives that don't have what we have. They don't have the gospel. They don't have Jesus Christ. I won't come into contact with them, but you do. You do. You come into contact with these people every day in the form of family, unsaved family people. We all have unsaved people in our families that don't know Jesus Christ. Co-workers, classmates, whatever they are, clients, colleagues, we all have these people all around us. And I believe God is standing, dropping this great commission in our lap this morning. He's dropping it in our lap and saying, you are responsible for these people. Pastor Joe isn't, he doesn't work beside this guy you work by. 
Pastor Joe will never come into contact. Jason won't. Bruce won't. They won't come into contact. You will come into contact with those people. Every day you'll come into contact with them. I put you in their life. And we got a pass the buck mentality. Amen? We want to come to the church with our problems. Hey, church, can you take care of this? And we need to accept it as our own. It's an end Jesus said, go ye. Ye is an old English form for you. You understand? You go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He gave that commandment to us as individuals. Notice he didn't say it to the church. He said it to his followers, to people. Individual people is who he gave that commandment to. You have people that you'll come into contact with that I'll never even know. Vice versa for myself. I... God put those people in my life. Someone somewhere is probably praying for those people, for that hardened sinner you work beside. Fellow businessmen, fellow businesswomen, all these people are next door neighbors, etc., etc., so on and so forth. The list goes on. Old friends you bump into at Walmart. I believe that God loves every last one of them. 2 Peter 3, 9, about halfway through says, But God is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's thought process is He wishes everyone was saved. He wishes everyone was reconciled to Him. Matthew chapter 18, verse 11 says, for the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Verse 12 says, how think ye if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go into the mountains and seek that which is gone astray? He loves them. He's going to go looking for them. There's lost people out there and that's where Jesus is. He's out there looking for those lost people and he drops this great commission into our lap. Go ye therefore into all the world preach the gospel to every creature I believe that God wants us this morning to somehow, some way reflect Jesus Christ to our surrounding unsaved people that we work with, our families neighbors, he wants us to reflect Jesus Christ to all these people to the unsaved to the unchurched Oh, I have just really felt this inside of me, like this churning, this prompting from the Lord for the unsaved people. Uh, I have been praying for the unsaved people in my life. You know, when you begin to pray for those people, and I know that some of those people, I know the things they can say. I know the filth that comes, proceeds out of them. I know, I know. But when you begin to pray for them people, God begins to place a burden inside of you. You know, and you have to see these people the way that God sees them. Amen? I know people look like idiots and people act like jerks. I know that with our human eyes. That's how we see them. But when you begin to pray for them, God begins to change your heart and your vision towards these people. God will place a burden inside of you for the people that don't have Christ. And when you listen to them, you know, I've worked where I've worked for over 15 years, I believe, is what it is. And they, they all know I'm a Christian. They know I'm saved. And over the years, people do. They open up to you. 
brothers and sisters, if you let them know you're Christian and they will open up to you one-on-one. Now in the group of people that are going to cuss and hoot and holler and do whatever, laugh and talk filthy, but one-on-one, people will begin to open up to you. And I've had a few people open up to me lately, and I'm not even a sensitive person. I'm not. You know, my wife had to rein me in on Facebook years ago. I don't really say nothing because I used to just have fun and tease people. And Shane would say, you can't say that. And I'll say, why? Because people, people can maybe get offended or they, they don't have your sense of humor. So I had to get reeled back. I'm not allowed to say anything on there anymore. So I just pretty much don't say anything because I'm not sensitive. I'm not going to boo-hoo if someone says something to me about. So I'm not sensitive. But my, the reason why I say that is because these people, when they open up to me, man, my heart breaks for them. My heart breaks for these people when you hear and when you actually get a glimpse into their lives. Man, my heart breaks. It, it honestly breaks when you listen to these people. It will break your heart. You will see that they lack the Word of God in their life. They're, they have no direction. They have no foundation. They don't have Jesus Christ. And it is heartbreaking. Now, do you know what the gospel is? It's good news. I, I want to grab some of these people by the collar and say, buddy, there's good news. Holy smokes, you listen to them and it's like, Dear Lord, how do these people, how do they go on every day? How do they get up and shave and come to work every day? Without the Lord Jesus, with no peace, no joy, nothing, how, how do you do it? What, what, what even motivates you? It, it's heartbreaking that people live this way. And there's, there's good news, people. There's good news. You can be forgiven. You can be washed and cleansed and made new. You can have a reason to wake up in the morning. The unsaved people don't have this. They don't have what we have. That's why he gave us the great commission to share it with the whole world. Now there's going to be people there's going to be people that say, man, get that out of my face. Shut up and get out of my face. When the Lord sent the disciples out, what did he tell them? Dust your feet off and go somewhere else. The gospel is good news, and they don't have it. And it, it, it breaks my heart. I can think of a couple gentlemen right now in my life that I don't want to say too much, you know, but these guys... They have made such bad decisions over their lives. And I try to minister to them and listen, be a real listener. And, and it, it breaks my heart because they don't have this. Their hearts are hardened towards this. Oh, I, I've texted guys scriptures. It's like it bounces right off because they have an enemy that's deflecting this stuff away. Their, their understanding is darkened. You know, if the pastor tells us a scripture, we're like, wow, that's awesome, pastor, thank you. But it doesn't penetrate their heart because their hearts are hard. I hear stories of broken marriages, broken families, stories of total emptiness, stories of no joy, stories of no fulfillment. Even I told my dad the other day, I said, Dad, some of the folks in my little world, even the ones that stay married, if they're not saved, it isn't nowhere what it's supposed to be. Even if they do manage to stay married, it's not right. It is not right. Their lives are marked 
with self-inflicted wounds. Their lives are marked with poor decisions. You remember when the Apostle Paul was on the road to Damascus? Actually, his name was Saul at the time. He was persecuting Christians and he was blinded. And he says, who are you? And Jesus says, it is I who you persecute. Remember what he said to him after that? He said, it is hard to kick against the pricks. That's exactly what unsafe people do. They injure themselves kicking against sharp objects and they keep doing it over and over and over and they prick kicking against the pricks. They injure themselves. They cause themselves wounds and injuries and scars. And over time, they're deceived. And over time, they're twisted. And over time, their hearts turn just as hard as a piece of granite. And then anything that has to do with this Bible bounces right off. It can't penetrate save a miracle of God. It is hard for you to kick against the prick. Without the Word in you, without the Holy Spirit's guidance, you will fail. You're doomed. Ultimately, unsaved people will end up in ruin. They will suffer their whole lives through with wounds. Because they have no word. They don't have a word in them. People suffer horrific pain caused by their choices because of non-obedience to this word. Choices that had they had the word in them, they could have chosen to stay on the straight and narrow and things would have been a lot better off for them. When you aren't saved, your choices will lead you to harm. Listen closely now. People are lost without Jesus. That simple. Lost. Groping around in the darkness. Something's fun over here, I'll go try it for a little bit. Something's fun over there, I'll go try that for a little bit. They're lost without Jesus on their way to destruction, on their way to certain doom. That's simple. We don't need to get any more technical than that. They're lost. But I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ loves them. He loves them. A lot of unsaved people, they don't even know any better. They don't know any other way. They don't know anything about this. The Bible, the Bible's foolishness to some of them. I got one particular buddy that I, I really care about, okay? And... I texted him a few scriptures and pardon my language but this is what he said back to me he said I said hey did you get my text the other day because he never texted back he said yeah I seen it with some scripture crap that's what he said to me and he said he said but it, you know those are just words well you how you expect words to help me you know, this particular guy's been through a divorce and he's looking at divorce number two and man me and him go at it every day every day we go at it talking about the bible talking about god and he tries to say no this and we just go back this is foolishness to him doesn't make any sense to him why because the enemy wants him the enemy wants to keep his heart hard and deflect anything I say. The enemy wants to swat it away because he wants possession for his soul. There's a battle for all these people's souls. 
The enemy has darkened their understanding. They can't see. They can't hear. They can't perceive the things of God. We had our marriage class just the other day. And in that, if you looked in the little booklet, it directed us to Genesis chapter 2, 22-25, somewhere right around in there. And it just talks about where God caused his sleep to fall upon Adam. And he removes the rib and he creates Eve and brings them together. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And that was just so powerful to me. And that's, that's how I feel about my wife, man. She's, I always tell Shannon, you ain't even another person. You're just, you're me. You know, that's what I tell my wife. You know, when she's around me, I feel like no one's around me because she's just part of me. Oh, and uh, this one particular buddy that I've been going back and forth with at work, I sent, that's what I sent to him. And that's what he said. He's like, there ain't no words going to help me. Man, I'm just words. And that's because the enemy, it's not because he's an idiot. It's not because he's just a fool. It's because the enemy has come and twisted his thinking, twisted his heart, hardened his heart. He can't perceive it. He can't hear it. He can't see it. Save the mercy of God. Except for the mercy of God breaks through into that man's life. Which, that's why we have the Great Commission, brothers and sisters. We shall be sowing seeds to all these people. The enemy has hardened their hearts. He has put scales over their eyes. People live this way and they die this way. Unless you and I develop a burden and start sowing the good seed. And start praying the mercy of God over them. My dad sent me a video a couple weeks ago. And like I said, all these thoughts were in my heart. And this video really spoke to me. It was this pastor and he was talking about praying for unsaved people. And, and one thing that he said was that he began to, he found a friend. And maybe him and his friend and his wife began to pray. And he said he would face the north. And he would command the north. He would command the north. He would say, give up every single captivated soul in Jesus' name in the north. Then he would face the south. And he would say, devil, I command you to release every captivated soul in Jesus' name. Then he would face the east and he would say it. Then he would face the west and he would do this and he would pray it and he would mean it. Brothers and sisters, that's our job. That's, that's the great commission. Because the enemy has these people. He's got them locked. The only thing that releases them is us sowing the good seed and praying the mercy of God breaks through. If not, they will die that way. They will die that way. Far be it from me, but what if, what if God says, hey, so-and-so, I put you at this particular facility and you worked there 30 years. Why didn't you minister to this person? That's why I put you there. I understand we all need to make money. You know, and that, that's pretty much one of my main reasons I go to work is to make money. Because I got to pay for things. I got bills. You know. But I believe God said, hey, I, I have you at that particular facility, that particular business for a reason. In that school for a reason. Man, it's to shine. To shine bright. It's to shine and we teach our little kids that you don't have a candle and put a bushel over it. Remember there used to be a song 
I can't even remember it, but it was something about having a light and put, hiding it under a bushel. No, you used to sing like that. Man, we need that. We should have sang that in worship this morning. We, that's what we do. We go to work and we keep to ourselves and we don't want to say nothing to anybody because it's bad out. And, and somebody might yell at me. Somebody might cuss at me or something like that. I don't want that. I'll, I'll tell my wife, I'd rather deal with a rank heathen that comes and cusses me straight to my face and I know where they stand than some of the sketchy Christians that we got that tell you one thing and you know they ain't your friend. I'd rather have someone come up and say, Jason, and unleash on me. I can respect that more. Oh, off the top of my head, oh, I've jotted down a little list, just off the top of my head, in, in my little world, my little corner of the world, I jotted this little list of things that I see these people dealing with. I, I see marriages crumbling and ending. I see families torn apart. I see ki people's kids going crazy. I see people scarred from suicide. I see alcohol and drug abuse in these people's lives. In my little world, I see depression. I see hopelessness, anger, hatred, dissatisfaction with life. I see unfulfillment. I see no lasting joy. I see no peacefulness. That's just in my little corner of the world. The people that I know that you don't, they deal with these things. Don't, do we have a heart for them or not? Do we just, I don't care so-and-so's depressed. He's a jerk anyway. He deserves it. Brothers and sisters, we got to develop a burden for these people. We got to remember we're commanded to go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Those people deal with this stuff. If you listen to them, if you be quiet and listen and let God work on your eyes and your ears and your understanding, you will see. You'll see through the, their hard outer shell and you'll see the depression inside of there, the loneliness inside of there. Man, I just, I want to scream to them. There's good news. Brothers and sisters, we have to reflect Jesus Christ to them. We have to. Because they don't have what we have. We've got to share with them what we have. My wife and I, we hear some of these horror stories, and we both feel somewhat naive. Because obeying the Word, we've been able to avoid a lot of those troubles, and we hear these nightmare stories, and we're like, how do people make it? How do they go on every day dealing with stuff like that? It's because the Lord gave us these boundaries, these limitations for a reason to keep us from harm. There's a reason why he tells us to obey him. It's because it's good for us. It's for our own good. The enemy is very, very good at what he does. He's no dummy. He's a, he was an angel, a high-ranking angel. He's no dummy. He's cunning. He deceives, he blinds, he entertains. One of the things I see in the unsaved folks all around me is the enemy just puts entertaining things in their lives just to keep them from thinking about the real issues in life. He does whatever he has to do to keep people from coming to the knowledge of God. Then over time, him doing that, deceiving then their hearts are hard. And they'll no longer receive it. You tell them a scripture, it bounces right off. 
they're blinded by the enemy. I, just some of these guys I, in my little world, I'll, can't you see? Can't you see? Your problem is so easy. Can't you? You can't. And they can't see. They can't see it. And my heart breaks for them because they're blind, groping around in the darkness. Got no direction. You know, I, I told my one buddy that I told you I battle with almost every day. And, and I, I don't want to sound arrogant, and I even told him this. I told him, I said, like I told you, he's facing divorce number two. I said, whose way is working? And I said, I'm not trying to sound like I'm better than you, but whose way is working? I said, my way, which it's not my way, it's, it's this way or your way. And he admitted to me, he said, you know what? He said, I'll admit to you, if you follow the Bible, he said, you will have a better life. You, yeah, you will. He said, I'll admit it. No. But, so then I told him, I said, so then which way is the truth? Which way testifies of the truth then? But I, I don't know if it bounces right off or whatever. I got to keep on praying. I got to keep on sowing a good seed. You know, it's not my job to get people saved. You know that? My job is to sow the good seed, disciple, but the Lord, He gives the increase. It's, I don't get people saved. I've never got a single person saved in my life. Neither have you. If you think you have, you were wrong. You may have sowed seed. That's all we're called to do. Now, I told him, I said, which way testifies to the truth then? Isn't one way true and one way false? I believe that each and every one of us should be sharp enough in the Word. The pastor's always telling us, Bruce always telling us, know your Word. Why? So we can be contenders of the faith. I'll tell you what, there's some people out there, they're, they're no dummies. They, they know some of this Bible too. And they're going to come at you with some difficult questions. If you don't know it, you're going to stand there like a dummy and be a poor representation. You better be a, you better be a good contender, ready to argue, ready to fight. Ready to make a defense for the gospel. You know, it is not that we are better than they are. No way. It's not that they're just intelligent. It's not that they're just a bunch of dumb, uneducated people or a bunch of idiots. It's because there is a battle for possession of their souls. That's what it is. It's not because we're better. We're, well, I'm smarter than you because I choose it. It's not that. We're all just people. There's a battle for their souls, and the enemy wants to keep them blind. He wants to keep them. He wants them in darkness. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. This is a little glimpse into Satan. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. He wants, Satan wants to have people. He wants to have lock on them. He came to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's very good at it. And he's had success at it. But here we are, holding the Great Commission in our lap. We have to start looking at these unsaved people like God would see them. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, about halfway through. 
says, For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. We see with our eyes a half-dressed woman out in public, but God sees someone with no self-worth. Where we see a no-good drunk, God sees someone who's depressed. Where we see a foul-mouthed, hardened sinner, God sees a lost soul. Where we see a jerk, God sees someone who's lonely. You want to see that God looks on the inside. We judge by the outward appearance. And we hear him say a cuss word, we're like, I'm avoiding that dude. He's a waste of space. He's a waste of time. God loves those people. He loves them. And we got to get back to sowing the seeds. You know, I, I wish so bad I could have brought my pouch and some grass seed and just thrown them out here, but my wife's the one that runs a vacuum sweeper here, so that wouldn't have went well. But that's just what it is. Sowing the seeds. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Man, He died for those people. For the dude that just said, Blank you on Friday or something like that, the Lord died for that dude. For your boss that's a jerk, the Lord died for him. For your colleagues, for your classmates, for your school chums, for your neighbors that you invite to church a hundred times and they reject you every single time, the Lord died for them. Don't ever, ever, ever think you're better than anyone else because we're not. Brothers and sisters, we need to remember back to what we were before we were saved. No better than they were. Any goodness inside of each and every one of us is because of God manifesting Himself in us. That is it. Pure and simple. God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, He loved us while we were still sinners. And He loves us now. He's willing to leave the 99 and go after the one lost one. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I was not Mr. Perfect nor Mr. Innocent. Admittedly, I'm still not Mr. Perfect nor Mr. Innocent. And we can't look down on these people. And I know they speak some filthy things. Man, I work with the king of filthy speakers. The king of them all. Some of the things I've heard, I wish I could strike from my own memory. They're so vulgar and foul. But the Lord loves those people. He loves them. And there's a battle for their souls. And he put me there to be a contender for the faith. He has you where you are so you can contend for the faith. I'll start bringing this to a close here shortly. God looks on the inside. We judge on what we see and what we hear. And His gospel is good news. You know what the New Living Translation of the Great Commission is? It says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And those people, tell them there's good news. Man, there's good news. Holy smokes. We've got to tell the good news to people. You can be forgiven. Jesus overcame death. You can be washed and cleansed. Alcoholism isn't the answer. There's good news for your depression. You have a disease, there's still good news. Oh, you remember the parable of the sower. Remember that? Jesus says a man goes to sow good seeds. Oh, and some of the seed, the birds come down and, and snag them. Some of the seed, the sun comes and scorches them and burns them all up. Some of the seeds grow, but the, they grow in with the wheat and the tares, and the tares choke them out, and they die. 
but some of them grow up and bloom and multiply. But, and you know me, I like to get in and look at parables and really see what the Lord is saying. But this one here, I can't even get past the first sentence when it says, Behold, Jesus says, Behold, a par- or a sower went forth to sow. Man, that's all we need this morning. We don't need to look at the rest of that parable at all because none of it's possible if the sower doesn't sow any seeds. If the sowers don't go sow any seeds, none of them are going to grow for sure. Behold, a sower went forth to sow. That's all we need this morning. Jesus says, Behold, a sower went forth. Brothers and sisters, you and I are the sowers. We got the good seed right here. It's our job to sow seeds. It's our responsibility. It's the great commission to sow seeds. We are the Lord's hands and His feet. If we don't sow seeds, then nothing will grow. If we don't sow seeds, there won't be any harvest. Sure, the enemy is going to come down and birds are going to steal some of them seeds. Sure, not everyone you speak to is going to get saved, but someone might. You've got to keep sowing them seeds. Sow them to your classmates. Sow them to your co-workers. Sow them when you go to Walmart. Sow them when you bump into an old friend. Sow good seeds when you're pumping gas. Sow the good seed everywhere you go. I believe God wants us to sow seeds every day, sow seeds everywhere we can, whoever will listen. I'm not saying that you need to be Billy Graham now. I'm not saying that you need to sell your stuff and move to Sudan and be a missionary. I'm not saying that. I'm saying wherever you are right here, right now, wherever your work, whoever you have altercations with, sow seeds. Where you're already planted, sow the good seeds. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Booth, if you would play some music, please. Listen to what we're going to do. Before we go, I want everyone to come down. And before we leave, let's pray for the unsaved people in our lives. Amen? Can we do that? Pray for the unsaved. Pray that the enemy releases the captive souls that in the people in our little circle of influence. Pray that the devil no longer has them on lock. Pray that when you sow seeds, they're going to take root. Pray that when you do sow them seeds, some somewhere will grow and multiply. And God will bless it. Tell them the good news. Testify the goodness of God everywhere you go. Tell people your story. Don't be afraid to get mixed in with their lives. I know the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate. That's just saying don't live like they do. It doesn't say avoid all those people. It, we are given the good the great commission it's not the great suggestion it's a commandment it's not a suggestion it's not saying i suggest you go sow these good seeds it's a commandment amen guys if you have some music begin to play and people come down cry out for the unsaved family members that you got cry out for the unsaved co-workers cry out for your neighbors cry out for anyone in your little circle of influence that you come across Pray that they receive salvation. Pray that that seed takes root. And then when we dismiss, I pray that we begin to sow seeds every single day in our lives. Amen? Amen. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, and we 
lift up every single unsaved relative this morning. We lift up every unsaved husband. We lift up every unsaved wife, Lord God. We lift up every unsaved child, Father God. Lord, we lift up all of our unsaved co-workers, Lord God, all of our unsaved clients, Lord, all of our unsaved neighbors, Father God. We lift up every hard heart, Lord, in each and every one of our lives, Lord. Lord, make them soft again, Father God. Make them soft. We rebuke Satan. We curse Satan from his hold on them. We curse Satan's grasp. We curse every foothold. We break any bondage, break any chain in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, let the good seed take root in someone's life somewhere, Father God, that someone might get saved, Lord God. Lord, we pray that you begin to stir this church, stir this city, and stir this nation, Lord God. Lord, we bind the enemy, Father God. And Lord, I pray that this church, as we disperse and go about our business, that we would begin to sow good seeds, Father God, that we would be sowers. Behold, a sower went forth to sow, your word says. And Lord, let us go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Lord, let us spew forth the good news that you can be saved, that there's salvation in Jesus Christ's name, that there's remission for sins, that there's repentance and forgiveness if we ask and obey. Lord, we love you. Be with us as we go, Lord Jesus. We give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.